And it is the Saturday Coffee Clutch. Welcome. Uh, and uh, I also want to welcome Heather Lofthouse, the Executive Director of Inequality Media Civic Action, my former student. And Heather, um, it's been a, well, there are ups and downs this week. It's yes. Not, it's not a downer week like we've had before. No. There are some good things that happen. I mean, it's not the greatest week. No, but I think that we ought to be grateful. I yeah. mean, in, not in a Thanksgiving sense, but grateful for uh, at least a ceasefire, a temporary mm -hmm. ceasefire. So important. It's uh, been so scary and, and horrendous and, and hostage a hostage uh, reversals. Yes, I mean an exchange. I mean the, the the question is, does this mean anything over right. the long term? Is this uh, does this mean the beginning of the end? Uh, I don't think so. I don't see why the power dynamic or the underlying anger and the underlying uh, well politics changes very much. Hamas still wants to right. kill Jewish people and get rid of Israel, and the Israelis are still for completely understandable reasons, deathly afraid of Hamas. Right. So this is going to presumably continue. But it is a victory. Yeah, that's what I was A humanitarian too. victory. And I guess we, the United States, played some role. I mean, I'd like to think that we made an effort and made a stink and some diplomacy happened. What well, do you think? I, I don't really... I mean, certainly we pushed it, right. I think, in the right direction, and we continue to push in the right direction. Um and Biden and his political people are becoming increasingly concerned about the division among progressives and Democrats uh, over what's happening in Israel. Yep. Um, but uh, the question, again, whether this particular prisoner exchange is going to mean much right. over the next six months, eight months, and then the election. Right. Right. But obviously, ceasefire, positive occurrence, but you can't be overly optimistic. And we'll see what the next stages are and how long it lasts and you know all of that well i want to be optimistic i mean uh and you, you know. do too you're an optimistic person i try but the world is brutal i know but you always find good things to say <sighs> about the world i try okay speaking I'm... of let me find a good thing yes how about black friday what did you get me oh hi <laughs> that's a good a good question well you know i have a personal relationship with black black friday because my father was uh, he had two women's clothing stores? Yes, I knew that, but Main I didn't Street. know the Black Friday part. Well, Keep because going. well, because you know he, for most Good. of the year, he was losing money. He was okay. in in the red, right? Oh. That's what it was called. Yeah. When you were losing money, you were in the red, and As starting to being in the black, and starting after <gasps> exactly, exactly, okay. starting right after Thanksgiving. Uh, he, you know, he was looking for the holiday season because that's when he makes all his money. Uh, most retailers, that's when they make all their money is, is in the holiday season. And every year he would hope and pray and my mother would be in the, sh in the shop. And, and the goal was to make enough money in the holiday season uh, to tide them over through the first half of the next year. Wow, that's pressure. And being in the red right. as opposed to uh, being in the black. And they wanted to be in the black. Black Friday. Hello. Got it. it really doesn't have to do anything. Uh, I don't think with race. I right. think it has We're to do with turning the lights out. I mean, you know. No, you it, go... I think it has to do with, and as I remember, if I remember correctly, it has to do with accounting. I like your version. Well, okay. So it's interesting to think about Black Friday because, well, first of all, we have all these boomers 
there's about to be a huge intergenerational transfer of wealth, 40 million trillion, 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 dollars. trillion, trillion. They're, they're already transferring. But so the boomers will be spending, but Gen Z's, millennials, everyone's spending. Why do they feel that, why is everyone so excited about spending when aren't we all worried about our pocketbooks at the same time? Well, the question is who is doing the spending? And okay. I think that the interesting reality, the reason a lot of people are down on the Biden economy mm -hmm. is that you've got, uh, you know, the top 10% of Americans are doing very well. Uh, and the boomers overall, with a lot of exceptions, are doing pretty well. They've saved. Uh, but young people yeah. uh, and uh, many uh, working class people are, you know, don't feel that they have a lot of discretionary income. And they don't. Two thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And so this is a very bifurcated economy. Yeah. And so uh, for Biden to say this is a great economy, look at the jobs, look at the money, look at the paychecks, um, runs the risk that he sounds out of out of uh, connection, out of, you know, just he doesn't know what's going on, particularly with regard to young people. Yeah. What do you think, all of you what out you there? Think? But young people are spending. I mean, debt goes up. We know this over the holidays. I do think also with the internet and everything, so many ads being forced at us on Instagram and, you know, all the other social media apps, people are spending. It's easy to spend. It's one button. It's one look at your face. It's, well, it's, one, it's easy it's to a spend. dopamine hit. Right. But the problem is the debt is right. costing more and more. As the, as the Fed raises interest rates, uh, the cost of all sorts of debt yeah. goes up. Yeah. And so it's not just the price and sticker shock any longer. It's the price with the debt added on and the cost of the debt. Right. Um, and so uh, the Fed is making life very difficult for a lot of people, yeah. including, not incidentally, the Biden administration. They don't want to talk about it mm -hmm. because you, if you're in the administration, you're not supposed to talk about the Fed. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that if the Fed doesn't start d dropping interest rates pretty soon, uh, it's going to affect the election. Yeah. Now, now you're talking about business and American capitalism, and yes. you have on Substack, I've gotten it twice now, a new, well, I got the intro in the first edition of a new series. About, new series about American capitalism. Yes. And can it be, can we all, can we have the common good and capitalism? Ah, uh, well, that's, I don't want to spill the beans. Oh, you're right. I don't want to be, give a spoiler. No. Uh, but yes, starting yesterday and for the next 10 weeks, a new series on Substack uh, about uh, really the reality of American capitalism, uh, what's really happening with American capitalism. And uh, so many people liked uh, the 10-week series on the common good mm -hmm. and wanted me to probe a little further. Is the common good possible in the context of the capitalist system we have? So that's what the new series right. is about. Okay. Well, I'm excited for it. Well, I'm glad you're excited. At least one. One person is yeah, excited. No, I think there's like at least four of us. I've seen people in the well, comments. We'll um, so in terms of speed capitalism, this week, some of the big business news. I know you were charting, and I think we all were. Sam Altman. Yeah, and OpenAI. OpenAI. He's in, he's out, he's back. The board changed. Fill us in. What is it? And what's the bigger picture? Well, the big picture really is that uh, artificial intelligence is like a Frankenstein monster. It can do a lot of good things. Uh, it can make it much easier to come up with new drugs, life-saving drugs, and, and also help teach young children and figure out how to best teach them. But AI also could, you know, the old uh, saw, it's now become an old saw. You tell AI, a robot, to make as many paper clips as possible, mm -hmm. and they decide that 
human beings are a constraint on making paper clips. Mm -hmm. And so the entire world is consumed with paper clips. They don't know. In other words, the Frankenstein aspect of this is that AI, once it actually has more power mm -hmm. and more intellectual capacity mm -hmm. than people, could take over the universe. <laughs> And and we're not that we far were, away. I thought we were having a semi-positive. Well, this is the this is the concern, and there are these two sides: the the good side of AI, and the bad side, the Frankenstein side. Uh, and so, if you were trying to come up with a company that would balance right. appropriately, you would probably have a not-for-profit board, mm -hmm. as OpenAI did, mm -hmm. and you, of course, need money to do your experiments and to do your model building. Uh, you might go to com a company like Microsoft, for example, and say, Microsoft will give you 49% of the company, not control, but right. we'll give you 49%. And you put in some limits on how much your investors could get back so that the investors would not take over the company. Right. That's exactly what OpenAI did. They fired the board, which is very safety-minded, the old board, uh, was a little bit nervous about the CEO, Sam Altman, trying to have it both ways, placating Microsoft, uh, doing a big tender offer. You know, by the way, and it hasn't been reported, hmm. but about 80 or $90 billion worth of tender offer is potentially out there for the 700 employees of OpenAI. Interesting. I didn't see that. Yeah, it's a big, 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 well, it, I mean, that's called incentive. That's capitalism. Capitalism. Uh, and with all of that money, uh, you know, the board that's saying, go slower, go slower, go slower, be concerned about safety, uh, becomes at odds with everybody else who's saying money, 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 including Microsoft. That's the essential problem. Mm. And it was resolved, quote unquote, I mean, the business press says, oh, it's great. It's resolved. And we're back. And we're back. Money is back. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the safety issues are not. Of course not. And, and the board has been replaced the board that wanted to get rid of Sam Altman. And the, guess who they put on the board? Larry Summers. Oh. Mr. Safety. Wow. Uh, so Talk about tuned in. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, you remember, you uh, substackers, you know Larry Summers. I mean, he was former secretary of um, the Treasury, and he was uh, famously, famously known when he was president of Harvard uh, for saying he wasn't sure that women... Uh, had the capacity for science and math. Oof, Men do. Oof. Let's not even remember uh, let's not, that. Let's not go there. Uh, so anyway. Anyway. Okay. So that's fascinating. Okay. So we'll be tracking that. Altman is back. So, the, but but the bottom line is the capitalism and and profits basically won the day. Uh, and my conclusion, Heather, is that the only way you balance safety and and money with AI is government has got to set That's the rules. What, that was my next question. It has got to set and the rules. And they've tried. There's some things been happening, like gathering people in various hearings, but I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, Europe, as usual, mm -hmm. in terms of safety, has is ahead of the United States. Yep. Uh, the Biden administration has put out an executive order uh, with a lot of constraints with regard to AI, but it's just an executive order. We know what the for-profit world does. Okay. Um, anything they like. Um, can we talk about some politics? If you'd like. I mean, kind of, I'd like. If you would like. Uh, um, what's happening with Nikki Haley? Is she a formidable foe? 
She, well, could she beat Trump? What's uh, happening? Here's the interesting story. All of the anti-Trump forces in the Republican Party have been looking for the anti-Trump candidate. They thought for a while it was the governor of Florida. Ron DeSantis. But um, he really has proven himself to be not only not particularly charismatic, uh, but also very much of a social conservative and somebody who is too ideological for a lot of the anti-Trumpers, particularly yeah. the big money. Yeah. We're talking about Wall Street and corporate money. Uh, and they've been looking for somebody else. And Nikki Haley has done very well. Now, the big question is how well she's going to do in New Hampshire. Once the primaries begin, a lot of this is going to change. But the money, the big money is starting to bet on her. Yep. Uh, but guess what? What? Uh, it's not going to work. Oh. Trump is so far out ahead yeah. of everybody, including Nikki Haley, it's going to be very hard. I mean, the party is essentially the structure of the Republican Party is now Donald Trump. Right. Well, what's so interesting? I mean, I immediately think I think I'm a cynic. I try not to be. You, tell you are me not. You are not. You, you, you are a, a cup half. You know, one half one something. eighth full. Yeah, a cup half. You're a yeah. cup half full of you're, it. You're full of the cup. I'm full of the cup. Um, but I do think it's interesting to have Trump has been so out of control, and I think people are miffed without with the inability to control him. And I do think the idea of a woman might be attractive for some people with power now. I think there's a little bit of that going on. You mean they think they can control her? I think so. I mean, I wonder if people like her politics or they're betting against Trump or there's something where she might take their calls. Well, certainly the the big Sajini. money. And I, I kind of look, in terms of Republican establishment, I look at uh, a, a handful of people on Wall Street and in the corporate boardrooms uh, and on C-suite, in C-suites, yep. who are really the movers and shakers uh, of the Republic, used to be of the establishment Republican Party, and they are beginning to put their money behind Nikki Haley. I know it. Um, and it may be for exactly the reason you're suggesting that well, they I think, think part of it. They they can control her. They can't control Trump. Would she be a Veep? Well, what do we think? Uh, if if she does very well, mm -hmm. Trump would be wise mm -hmm. to make her his veep. Now, whether she would do that right. is another question. Mm. And uh, also, does Trump want the competition of somebody who is, right. you know, is dynamic and and bright and yeah. a woman? He needs a robot. He needs a bot. He needs he an needs, AI veep. Exactly. I mean, he needs yeah. the kind of veep he had before. Mm. Uh. Okay. Um, okay. So we put out a video, Inequality Media Civic Action, this week, and it was a feature of you that we found from the archives from 1994. I thought it was a little bit embarrassing. You I mean, always I, do, though, but well, thanks but for I was, letting but us do it anyway. But I was only, you know, what, 12 years old? I mean, how old were well, you? I was 12 years old in 1994. Oh, okay. No, well, I was, I was older. older than that. Um, so, but it was Thanksgiving, and you were doing a speech, and the theme oh. of it, this one, was we are entering a two-tiered society. And you talked about the middle class and after World War II, things were thriving and it has become an anxious class, you said. And you were, it was so prescient. It was de depress depression. Depression. It was depressingly prescient. Well, I, I did say, well, no, no, I said in that speech that if we're not careful, we're going to have uh, a demagogue uh, uh, who ahead. is going to take advantage of the anger and the frustration that people have and... 
uh, and, and channel it toward rage against minorities, against immigrants, against women, against uh, uh, LGBTQ people. Uh, and unfortunately, I was pressured. Uh, but what you don't know about that speech and you don't know about that speech. Give it like to if, us. Give it to us. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> in those days, <clears throat> have some coffee. I was very, coffee I'm getting very, very excited. Look at this. <clears throat> A coffee clutch here. Clutch it. In those days, what you had to do if you were a cabinet member and you were giving a speech is you had to have the speech cleared by the White House. Got it. And I sent a speech to the White House, but it was not the speech I gave. Oh, it's just a generic, have a wonderful <clears throat> It was a very, very run. nice speech, but it didn't have any of the bite or any of the threat yeah. or any of the, uh, you know, the kind of forecast. Yes. And uh, when I gave the speech, it made a lot of headlines. As you can imagine, a two-tiered society that is where the inequality is getting wider, corruption is getting wider, was, and we're heading toward a demagogue. It was bold who's gonna, to say the truth. Well, it was almost foolish bold. I was hauled into the White House. Uh, the chief of staff, mm -hmm. uh, Leon Panetta at the time, uh, and Bob Rubin, who was uh, head of the National Economic Council and a lot of others that were sitting there ready for me this was like a this is this they were I, it was an ambush and i went in and they said you gave a speech that was very different from the speech you gave us and you and said... i said well the yes <laughs> <laughs> and they said you can't do that and i said i did yeah and they then they no. and they they said you must not do that and you may not do that and uh, bad on you. Yeah. And I said, I don't work for any of you. I was I was appointed by the president of the United States, Bill Clinton, mm -hmm. and I was confirmed by Congress. Mm -hmm. And if you have some problems with it, uh, have Bill Clinton call me. Wow. Mm. And did he? No, I knew he well wouldn't. Well played. I knew That's he would not. That's an impressive story. Well, it was a power play. Clearly. And it did not earn me friends, Heather. In fact, uh, years later when I left uh, the, uh, the cabinet, I, you know, people were, had mixed feelings about, about me. I was not considered to be a team player. Let's put it that wow. way. Yeah. But team players, do they make the world change? No, but loyalty and team playing yeah. is really considered to be very, very important. And right. I was, and, and looking, I'm almost, um, almost embarrassed by my shenanigans in yeah. those days, but I'd do it again. But I, <laughs> that's the almost part. But I was almost embarrassed. I was. Um, what else? I think. I mean, we've covered a lot today. The th the holidays, the Thanksgiving holidays. Well, how was your how was your how was your Thanksgiving with your and your mother in law Julia? Yeah, you're good. Um, and she's she's British. Family. I yeah. met her. She's lovely. Absolutely oh, lovely. You're very kind. She is fabulous. I love her. Um, I don't know. The Brits Thanks all talk with a stiff upper lip. You see the. The reason they, they, they have a British accent, they're talking. No, they're Bob, British. you're going to get in so much I know, trouble. No, for this, this is not Julia. No, I'm no, not. I'm not uh, mocking like her. A, we don't do good. A few Americans do. They have a list of the Americans that actually do a decent a de English a decent, accent, and we're not on it. I well, I haven't been given a chance. Uh, oh, have I? I think you either. Bob at Oxford. You know, I used to go into these Oxford meetings right. uh, in in England. And I wouldn't, the senior members of the common room, the professors, 
would 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 talk to you. They'd say, but I don't. I would not have any idea what they were talking about. I was going to say. Not, and I would try to respond. Yeah. But wouldn't. Yeah. Mm. Well, my husband's family, you can, you can understand them. I can. Um, but yeah, so Thanksgiving is troubled. We know this. I mean, it's, we've, it's a myth about what happened between pilgrims and native people. So all that aside. Well, that's why we have Indigenous Peoples Day. Mm-hmm. Is that the day of Thanksgiving or the day after? No, Indigenous Peoples Day is another day. Should I Google it? No, not yeah. now. Right. Well, anyway, I mean, someone anyway, can Google it. Yeah. Um, but I like the gratitude part of it. I mean, I don't believe it. I don't like holidays. What are you for... grateful for? Oh, gross. Heather That's my Love point. House. No, but I, I'm grateful for gratefulness. No, I, am, so... <laughs> I am grateful for gratefulness, too, and gratitude. No, and but I'm... gratitude, there's science behind it. I am grateful for you. Oh, you do Bob. such a fabulous job. Thank you. You do. As, I am beyond as, grateful for you. As executive director of Inequality Media Civic Action and on this don't you think? I don't even think I'm in are the you video grateful? Today. For, are you grateful for Heather? Oh, please! This is so embarrassing. Tell her how grateful Stop. you are. I for her. pinch myself that I get to know you. But anyway, so science says that if you and you know, it's not the most perfect studies, but there are several studies that say if you make gratitude lists, if you think about what you're grateful for, it can affect your brain chemistry and your mental health in positive ways. In positive ways. Yeah. So it's good. It's good to think about what you're grateful for. It just kind of adjusts, you know, instead of listing all the horrendous things. So I we know, try to do that. I, I know clock. people, I know people who every night before they go to sleep, they make a list in their heads of what they're grateful for. Yeah. People do that or in the morning. Or yeah. in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and they, those people are, are kind of are they better weird oh. they are they're sort of <laughs> i mean they're sort of float so they float, they float. they're kind of um you know yeah, berserkly people okay so um we can play this i can i tell you one of my biggest nightmares besides no, donald yes, trump getting yes. reelected is spilling the cup co- the coffee when the clutch becomes the klutz the cl- and i spill the, it all the, there is over no the laptops and the coffee klutz Okay. Uh, listen, we are so, uh, speaking of grateful, we are very grateful to all of you. Here, here. Your Substackers, you've done such a wonderful job. Your comments are right to the point. And um, it's because of you that this is fun for both of us. So please, um, in this week after Thanksgiving, be as careful as you have been. Get plenty of rest. Uh, because we're going to need your energy and your mo- mobilization Uh, Over the next year, this is going to be a tough year. Thank you.